Good morning. It's good to have this number out with us for us. Another beautiful Lord's Day. This morning, I want us to cover something that's beneficial for us as a child of God and those who are outside of, of God as well. As we turn this morning to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, when Paul is writing this, he is talking about living out our lives as Christ would continue living in this world, which is a duty and a task of a Christian today. The term Christian is derived from being Christ-like. So when we think and we consider who Christ was, and we need to think about that very carefully. We don't need to take it lightly. We need to examine very carefully Christ's life. Well, as, as a broad spectrum, we don't have exactly enough time this morning to discuss Christ's entire life. But when you look at it as, as a faithful child of God, he considers his father, his heavenly father, he considers himself to be in God as we should be in him today. Which begins with our, with our passages of scripture this morning in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1. This is what Paul writes to the church in Ephesus. He says, therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. Well, as we continue on through the scriptures, let's look at this one very carefully. An imitator. An imitator. Whenever you see someone who is imitating someone. Now, all of us know that Elvis is dead. Elvis has passed on. He is no longer here with us. But you see him walking around. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. That don't make no sense, does it? That's an imitator. Someone imitating Elvis. They might sound like him, they might look like him, but they're not exactly Elvis. That's what an imitator is. And when Paul is addressing the church as an imitator, that's what he's encouraging us to be. Someone that looks like, someone that sounds like, someone behaves like Christ. So whenever folks see us out there in the world, who do they see? Do they see Christ? Now, as we look at verse 1 very carefully, Ephesians chapter 5, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children. Now, those of you who have children, some of you may not have children, you have nieces and nephews as my wife and I do. Not have children, but nieces and nephews. So when we think of those children who are obedient to their parents, now parents, it's it's. Wonderful to know that your children obey you, do they not? Yes, it is nice to know that your children listen to you and be obedient unto you. Now think about that as a child of God. Whenever he gives us instructions through his word for us to follow, now here's the question. Do we follow? Do we do the things God would have us to do? Yes, we meet on Sunday morning, or we consider God on Sunday morning. How about on a Tuesday? How about on a Thursday? Do we consider God on those days? Because as you are a child, or as you are a parent of a child, that lasts until when? Forever. You're all, that child will always be your son or daughter. Did you notice something specific? As you are a child of God. Now the scriptures refer to this very significantly. An erring child of God, someone who has been baptized for the remission of sins, and straight away. When the parable of the lost sheep, that sheep is still a sheep, but it's lost. Someone who is outside of a covenant relationship with God through the lack of repentance is still a child of God, but they're erring. They need to come back. Remember the parable of the prodigal son. I use him often. He applies in so many ways. He was still his father's son, but yet he was 
afar off. He was no longer with his father, but he was still his father's child. So now, as dear children, be imitators of God as dear children, God would have you to be like him. Which, my mind always goes to one of my favorite passages when I read this passage of Scripture. 1 John 1, verse 7. Look it up. I'm not going to quote it. It's in my mind. I want you to look it up. I want you to open up the Scriptures and see what God would have you to do. How, how are we to behave? Be imitators of God as dear children. And in verse 2, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and grieved himself for us and offering a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Well, as we consider verse 2, let's turn back. Keep your fingers there in Ephesians chapter 5. So let's look at John chapter 15. John chapter 15, verse 9 and verse 10. I guess it carries on through the rest of the, all the way to verse 17 with that thought of love and joy. When we think of John chapter 15, we read it from God's word. It says, Christ speaking himself, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as if I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Love. So how does one walk in love? By being obedient to Christ's commands. By understanding what God would have you to do. Well, let's look at ignorance. Let's look at the, the word ignorance. Ignorance means lack of knowledge. That's exactly what that word means. And there are so many folks today ignorant according to Christ and God's words. That's sad. And that's very scary. For no one can enter into the kingdom of heaven except if they go through Christ and keep his commandments. One cannot enter into the kingdom without love, without joy. They can't do that. So being ignorant according to the scriptures is not an excuse on judgment day. Wow, what, say, what did you just say? I said, ignorance is not an excuse on judgment. Well, God, I didn't know. God, I didn't know. That's scary. His words is right here before us. His instructions is before us. Think about this. If you're trying to get to Boston, Massachusetts, it's just a city, city that popped up into my mind. If you're trying to get there, try to get there without a map. Without your cell phone, without your GPS, try to get there. Just try. You're going to fail. Most likely you're going to fail. Now, my, my, a lot of folks might say, well, you can follow road signs. Yes, you have to follow instructions. Now, try to get there by using a map. Try to get there with using your GPS, that wonderful tool we have now. You, you punch in the address and bang, here it is, and it tells you exactly how to get there. You follow the blue road, and you get there. Now let's think about that in retrospect of heaven. Everlasting life that God has promised those who are faithful. Now, try to get there without instructions from God's Word. Try to get there without following his roadmap, if you will. Without love and joy, without, being, uh, without following God's or Christ's commands, we cannot be a child of God. We can't be an imitator of someone who we do not look like. 
who we don't even consider. Now back in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2 one more time. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us. An offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. If you remember, if you caught the term that I used in the early parts of this lesson, this is wrote to the church. This is written to a child of God or the children of God. The us is those who have been baptized for the remission of sins. He's given her, he gave himself for you. Why did he do that? So you may not be found accountable for the sin that you have repented on judgment day. Isn't that wonderful? To know that we can be pleasing in the eyes of God. To know that he finds us accepted when we follow his commands. When we follow his instructions. Did I say it was going to be easy? I did not. I did not say it was going to be easy by no means. Because it's going to be difficult. For few is going to find that straight and narrow gate that leads to everlasting life. S-T-R-A-I-T. Look it up. It means difficult. It's not like an arrow. A lot of folks think, well, it's like an arrow. Straight and narrow. Straight and narrow is difficult. What a wonderful lesson that is for that straight and narrow gate that leads to everlasting life. With that lesson, I use the example of back in a trailer. Whenever I back a trailer, I want a big, wide place to, to back this thing. It's difficult, especially a little short trailer. I want a wide, open space because it's easier. But God's path is like trying to back my car trailer through those doors. We have double doors in our church building, if you're not aware. It's going to be difficult, almost impossible. So now we consider again. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. Do we know who Christ looks like? Are we imitating Him because we need to be? As we are doing so, we're going to walk in love, just as verse 2 instructs us. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given Himself an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. It pleased God. It pleased God for that cup not to be passed for Christ when he gave his life on that cross for the remission of your sins, my sins, and the sins of the world. But verse 3. But fornication and all cleanliness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as it is fitting for saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting which are not fitting but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man, which is an idolater, has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Now, as we consider verse 5, we see this short list in verse 3 and 4 of the things we should not do, but rather giving a thanks in verse 4, but verse 5 says this. Paul writes and he says, No inheritance who is an idolater, Covenant man, unclean person, or fornicator has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Consider again, consider again that prodigal son. Consider that guy. 
Remember, he got all that belonged to him and he left his father. Consider as he never came back. Consider he just left and never come back. He'd have perished. Because he was starving to death. He, he considered that his servants was better off, his servants of his father was better off than he was. So now when we leave our Heavenly Father, when we decide to no longer walk with Him as those no longer walked with Christ in John 6 and verse 66, they left Him, walked with Him no more. That happens so much today. We need not be those persons, or that person is too. We don't need to be those, those peoples who no longer walks with Christ. Let's continue to be in Him. Let's continue to be an imitator of God, just as Christ was an imitator of God. He showed us how we are to conduct ourselves. He showed us how we are to be. So as we can have that inheritance that was left back for you, through God's Son. And in verse 6, Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God that comes upon the sons of this obedience. Verse 6. We did just say a few minutes ago about those who are baptized for the remission of sins and like John 6 and verse 66 and no longer walk with Christ. So many, so many today have been washed from their sins and no longer walks with Christ. That is still a son. That is still a daughter. But yet they are a son and a daughter of disobedience just as those who have yet to respond to the gospel. They are sons and they are daughters of disobedience. What should they expect? Should they expect everlasting life? Should they expect favor inside of God on judgment day? No! Let's look at what verse 6 says, what they should expect. It says, the wrath of God. The wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. That's what you should expect if you're outside of God. If you're not being an imitator of Christ... Should you expect everlasting life? No. No. 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, you should know whether or not you're obedient to God's word or not. I'm thankful we have an opportunity to turn away from our disobedience. We can be like those opposite of John 6 and verse 66. We can recognize we're lost, we're outside of Christ, and we can come back. We can repent. We can turn away. We can realize that we're lost and come back. Because what does First John chapter 5, verse 13 say? You can know. You can know without a shadow of a doubt that you have salvation waiting you if you believe in Christ and if you continue to believe in the Son of God. So do not expect the wrath of God. Be an imitator of Christ. Understand who He is. Understand how he lived his life upon this earth, he left us back wonderful examples in the way that we should live, the way that we should conduct ourselves, the way that we should take care of one another. What a wonderful author of compassion Jesus Christ was. He had compassion on those, even those who were killed him on that cross. He asked God to forgive them, for they know not what they were doing. So let's look, at the wrath of, let's look at the wrath of God. Through a biblical example, I can I, every time I think of the wrath of God, these two cities pop into my mind. And I bet they hopefully popped into your mind just now. Sodom, and that's right, Gomorrah. 
They experienced the wrath of God. Why did they experience the wrath of God? Through their disobedience. Through their iniquities. So how do you look today? Do you look like Jesus Christ? I seriously hope so. Because as if you do not look like Jesus Christ, you should expect wrath of God on judgment day. So turn with me to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12 and verse 37. As I was preparing for this lesson, this passage of scripture popped across my screen. I have had an asterisk marked this to the side of this passage of scripture. Because as we do not know when the Lord is coming back, as we do not know judgment day, when that's going to happen, it's coming. Fear not, it is coming. Luke chapter 12 and verse 37. Now this, of course, is one of the passages of Scripture, the, the uh, parable of the faithful servant and the evil servant. Well, let's look at that faithful servant. Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Assuredly, I say to you that he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat and will come and serve them. Are you an imitator of Christ? Are you being watchful in your everyday Christian life? Guys, as you're watchful, you're being a faithful servant. God wants faithful servants serving Him. In closing, listen to verse 7. We understand that we understand that we can't be any partakers with them. Verse 7 is going to reveal that to us. So we understand verse 3 and 4, no fornication, no uncleanliness, no covetousness, no filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting. None of these things which are pleasing in the eyes of God because they should expect the wrath of God. Verse 7 instructs us, therefore do not be partakers with Verse 7 does not say, let us not instruct them to come out of our ways. Let us shun them for they are not worthy of God's word. That is not what that says. That says do not go with them. Do not condone them. If you read Romans very carefully, you're not going to read far in, verse, in chapter 1 that you're going to say that as you condone these things, it's just as if you are doing them. Do not be partakers with them. To know that Christ is came to instruct them out of the sins that they were in. He comes today in your heart. He comes to today in God's word, says, come out of your sins. Turn away from the things that separate you from God. No longer be a son of disobedience, but a son and a daughter of God. This morning, I want to encourage something very significant. Turn away from the sins that you're involved in. Because as you are involved in sin, you are not a faithful child of God. Only that faithful child of God will hear, well done, good and faithful servant. An unfaithful child of God. Someone who is straight away. Someone who is a son or a daughter of disobedience. You will hear this horrible word. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Because as we sin willfully, as we sin willfully, Know this, that there no longer remains a sacrifice for your sin.
Let's turn away from these things. Let's turn our hearts and our minds to God and be a faithful child of God. Thank you very, very much.